Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey there, Joshua Fisher here, one of the producers of the Believe Podcast Network, and we have another awesome NFL roundtable for you guys. Today we're doing the NFC West. We got Scott Rachel of Believe in Betting Bay Area representing the San Francisco 49ers. We have Lofa Tatupu and Brett Davern of Believe in the Seahawks representing the Seahawks. Ed Smith and Javon Adams of Believe in the Arizona Cardinals representing the Arizona Cardinals today. And Ryan Dirud of the LA Football Network representing the Los Angeles Rams. Great show for you guys. Everyone crushed it. So here we go. The NFL Roundtable Believe presents the NFC West. Enjoy. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Before we get into the actual show, we got to remind you guys that we are brought to you by betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. You think you could bet on nothing? You're wrong. You could bet on the NFL draft. You could bet on the quarantine eating challenge featuring Joey Chestnut, Matt Stoney, and some of the best eaters in the world. They're doing a quarantine eating challenge bracket going on right now. You could go bet on that, bet on American Idol, you could bet on esports. You can bet on a whole bunch of stuff, and you go and deposit right now and use the code MYPOD100. You get a free signing bonus when you sign up with betonline.ag. So go there, get money, get paid. A lot of fun. But without further ado, here is the NFC West Roundtable from the Believe Podcast Network. This is Ed Smith with the Believe in Arizona Cardinals podcast, obviously representing the Arizona Cardinals. Javon Adams, representing the Believe in the Arizona Cardinals podcast, representing the Arizona Cardinals. What's up, guys? Ryan Dyrud with the Believe in LA football podcast, representing the Rams today and also the LA Football Network. How's it going, everybody? Scott Reichel, host of the Believe in Betting Bay Area podcast, and I will be representing the 49ers. What's up, everybody? Lofa Tatupu, former linebacker for the Seahawks and representing the, the Seahawks and the Seahawks podcast. This is Brett Davern, also representing the Seahawks podcast on the Believe Sports Network. 
Nice guys, everyone representing their team. Wouldn't it have been, it would have it would have been weird if we all mixed up teams? Seahawks guys doing the Rams <laughs> and vice versa would have been interesting. Uh, speaking of interesting, this division is wild. This is the NFC West Roundtable. I'm Joshua Fisher, one of the producers of the Believe Podcast Network, and this is a crazy division, right? The Rams go to the Super Bowl. The 49ers have the second overall pick. One year removed from that, the Rams miss the playoffs. The Niners go to the Super Bowl. Proves that anything could happen any given Sunday. An offseason, a draft can really change and turn things around. Right now, as it stands, what is the most important thing in this division? Most may, Could be the most important player, the most important coach, the most important unit. What is the most vital thing in this division that is the biggest X factor in this division? doesn't have to be from your, from your team. The biggest X factor in this division. We'll start with you, Ryan. For me, I think it's always... Russell Wilson. I was on with the Rams, but arguably the best quarterback in the division. Not really arguably. He is probably right now the best quarterback in the division. I feel like year after year, I always kind of count the Seahawks out, and Russell Wilson leads them to the playoffs every single freaking year. So every he's time. just a wild card. Yeah, what they're able to do and how they do it, and uh, they're the the cream of the crop right now. I mean, obviously the Niners going to the Super Bowl, they're kind of above them, but the Seahawks going to the year still with Russ at the helm. And so the Rams have a lot of work to do to get back to that pinnacle they were at just two years ago. Um, but for me, it's Russ. And are the Seahawks your top dog in the division or the Niners? I, I mean, it's hard not to say the Niners, considering they lost literally nobody other than Emmanuel Sanders and were just in the Super Bowl uh, losing to the Chiefs. But just I just never count Russ out. I think what, uh, what he's able to do and, and what they do out there in Seattle, they do things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... To me, Russ is the top dog, so I, I still go with the Seahawks right now. But, you know, it's hard to – I don't want to disrespect the Niners for what they did. Nice. Ed, biggest X factor in the division right now. Man, to be honest with you, I'm looking at the, the Rams and what they do with Todd Gurley, man. I, You know, it's going to be really interesting to see if they deal him, if they bring him back. Is he full strength? You know, can they reincorporate him into that offense? And without him, what is golf as a quarterback? That's my biggest – kind of what ifs, you know, I'm waiting to see what happens there. Uh, probably the most balanced uh, division around football and all those little small little pieces might dictate who's at the top and who's at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Javon? Um, really, I think I'll take a macro look on it with quarterbacks because when you look at just the – we all know that this league is based upon you're only going to go as far as your quarterback will take you. But when you're looking at the NFC West – the quarterback, the young quarterback, in terms of our quarterback here in Arizona, has to take that next step. You have established quarterbacks like Wilson that have so much on their shoulders. So that it's the quarterback play. You look at the 49ers, and there's so much of blame that was laid at the feet of, of Garoppolo uh, with the you know with the, with his performance in the Super Bowl and so forth and so on. So I, I think quarterback play is really just the overall kind of overarching theme for me for this uh, for the NFC West. And do you have a guy do you feel that you have a guy in Arizona that's competitive enough to take on a guy like Russell Wilson to take on a guy like Goff who didn't have maybe the best season last year but is again a year removed from having an excellent season? I think so. I think what the biggest thing is and Ed and I talk about this a lot um, on our show is that instead of being such a, a, a horizontal offense they have to be more vertical mm-hmm. when it comes how they're and hopefully with Hopkins coming in and maybe what they'll uh, try to address in the in the draft is to be able to get some some more people that can go down the field and I think that will help open up a lot of things for him and, and, and allow him to really grow and flourish nice Scott what do you think the biggest x-factor in the division right now 
Well, I was going to say Russell Wilson, but Ryan already took that. So for me, I'm going to go with the Rams front office. When you say X factor, that's definitely something to keep in mind as they have had a very bad streak. And that's actually putting it lightly. When you look at the recent contracts they've given out, uh, they've paid Goff a ton of money. That looks like it kind of backfired. They ended up uh, paying Gurley a huge extension. Despite having arthritis, they ended up uh, cutting him. He went to the Falcons. He's gone. Then they also gave a ton of money to Brandon Cooks with a history of concussions. Traded him. He's also gone. And you also traded a couple first-rounders for Jalen Ramsey and pretty much have no draft capital whatsoever for Thursday. So is it gonna, it's definitely impacting them now. They're definitely hamstrung. But it seems like they realize they messed up and they're trying to do whatever they can to salvage whatever possible. So I think when it comes to X-Factors, it has to be the Rams front office because they have made a ton of moves and it seems like none of them have worked. And I'm curious if that will cause them to be a little bit shy to pull the trigger on some moves moving forward, knowing how badly it could go in the future. Mm-hmm. Lofa? Yeah, for me, uh, we talked about quarterbacks, you know, very important to a uh, piece of the puzzle. And um, Arizona's got a great one in, in Tyler. And that progression from year one to two is going to be big to watch. But I think what the Hawks have done on both the O and D line, um, they, are, they are deep, you know, and we don't really have a need going into this draft other than the premier pass rusher. So uh, hopefully we get Clowney back, you know, I'm not going to look for that one. But, uh, you know, that O and D line of the depth, you know, when, we, when they made the runs to the Super Bowl um, in 13 and 14, they were deep on both sides. So um, that's what I think is going to be the biggest uh, factor. Yeah, two crazy front offices. I mean, Scott, you mentioned the Rams going all in in a lot of places, and they get them to that Super Bowl, but it quickly backfires the year after. And then we are just a couple years removed from Russell Wilson having to run from, for his life on the offensive line. There was, like, janitors coming in there, it seemed like, from out of the locker room and jumping on left tackle. But now they have a stout offensive line, and things are looking good in that direction, and they really don't have much of a need, especially if L.J. Collier – uh, the guy who no one saw coming out of the first round pops up and kind of could take Clowney's place. Last but not least, Brett, biggest X factor of the division. Yeah, I think the biggest X factor right now in what is, I'd say, the best division in the NFL right now Ooh. is for me, uh, I, I, once again, by the way, I mean, it was years <laughs> ago. And now, I mean, with the Niners just being in the Super Bowl, the rivalry's back with them and the Seahawks and uh, Arizona's knocking on the door. And of course, the Rams were just in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. So yeah. for me, it is definitely the best division in football. Um, but I think the biggest X factor right now, as we sit here today within the division, is probably what happens with Clowney and whether the Seahawks can retain him. And if they don't, do they make a trade for someone? There's talk of a trade with the Jaguars or whatever. But, you know, that could really shift the, the power balance. Um, because if they get that shirt up, uh, I mean, it seems looking good to me next year. Yeah, the whole Clowney situation is wild. Like if we, if we told you guys the first overall pick in 2014, the first overall pick in 2015, and the MVP in 2015, Cam Newton, were unsigned heading into the draft. Mm. Mm. One of the crazier things of the year, and that's saying something, right? It's yeah. bonkers. Yeah. Uh, on a positive note, we'll go to a little positives over here. We'll start with the Seahawks, guys. Brett, will go to you since you finished us off last time in the last question. Sure. What's your favorite move of the offseason by the Seahawks? Favorite thing they've done so far? Oh, well, I mean, they, they go, <laughs> they give a fifth round draft pick to Washington for Quentin Dunbar, who, according to a lot of experts, and I think pro football focus had him uh, as the second best cornerback in the league last year. And that comes on the heels of John Schneider giving away a fifth round pick for uh, Quandre Diggs the year before. So these two Crazy. huge pieces in the secondary that he gets for two different fifth round picks um you know in the front office we trust up here in seattle and 
that was a huge move. Great move. For me. Yeah, and uh, and I'll say it proudly. I'm a, a Longhorn alum, and Quandre Diggs is a baller. Baller. Seen him live too many times to not know that. It's steel. Yeah, and he came in, you know, uh, without even a full off season last year, and looked great. He did. And so with a, with a full off season, and now adding Dunbar, you know, with that secondary, I mean, we could be. You know, dare I say, possibly Legion of Boom 2.0? Who knows? Scor- down the road. I'm feeling some scorching takes coming out of my right corner of my phone over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lofa, how about you, man? Um, Biggest move, you know, like, that, like I said, shoring up that offensive line, but what gets me excited. So, yeah, Russell gets protection, right, that he very much needs, and, and hopefully we get the ground game going. Um, that's where I could see them maybe going after a back, potentially, in this draft, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, both Carson and Penny are – or banged up coming into the season. Um, but that D-line, again, I can't, you know, can't be understated. How, you know, and Bobby Wagner protecting, you know, a a defensive MVP candidate, you know. Um, and we got we got depth now. And in years past, like I said, when they went to the Super Bowl, think about it, um, Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett, two Pro Bowl players, were not even starting on that Super Bowl team. It was Red Bryant and Chris Clemens. Now, how crazy is that? So yeah. when you talk about depth, and then we just added – Bruce Irvin, uh, we got Jay Reed back, but we added Bruce Irvin, who had seven or eight sacks, and then Benson Mayawa, who was on the Super Bowl team. He also contributed seven and a half sacks, I think, in 300 snaps last year. So um, going to be fresh and rolling through. Fresh legs is huge in the NFL. I mean, yeah, you, you know better than anybody, big time. Scott, man, favorite move by the Niners this offseason? Well, they had a couple of good moves that are tough to choose between, but I actually really love the re-signing of Jimmy Ward to that secondary. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very solid player, very versatile, can play corner or safety. People will always talk about how good the 49ers front was, and it really was phenomenal, as everybody knows. That secondary was still ridiculous with Sherman having, uh, I don't want to say a renaissance here, because I would assume that you know he was a little bit down. But coming off that serious injury he had, he was phenomenal. Jimmy Ward was also a huge staple of that secondary. And bringing him back, for another three years, paying him $28.5 million with $17 million guaranteed. Pretty friendly contract considering his production. I think that keeping him definitely helps provide some stability to the secondary. Totally. Great. Very very, very under-the-radar signing right there, re-signing over with Jimmy Ward. Javon, how about you, man? Favorite move by the Cardinals this offseason? I think, think it's an easy oh, one. Very easy. One of the things that Ed and I always talked about during the season was David Johnson and how – what, how would the Cardinals uh, go about addressing this? We didn't think that there was any way uh, out from under that contract. And so being able to pull off a trade, the Hopkins trade, we, I think that's that's top of the list. There are concerns, of course, about you know one of him wanting a contract extension, but I think you, you take that risk given, um, especially if you're Steve Kime and you had to do something because of, of how so many of his draft picks have not panned out. Mm-hmm. So definitely bringing a, a wide receiver who's not, who's, who does, doesn't have blazing speed, but we all know his catch radius. We know he's a, well, you know, a top receiver in the league, but, uh, but yeah, Hopkins coming to the team most definitely. Absolutely. Ed, you want to reiterate or anything else you love? I don't want to even read it. Uh, Javon said, all. I want to thank Scott for reminding me that they already got rid of Gurley. That shows how, out of the how far out of the loop I've been in terms of not having any live sports and stuff to cover. Crazy. Man. About We're watching like reruns here. all day over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, Javon said it perfectly. I'm getting out of from under that uh, David uh, Johnson contract and bringing um, Hopkins in here to help us with our vertical attack. Couldn't have done any better than that. What did you guys think 
Javon and Ed, when you woke up that morning, were for I, I woke up that morning. Uh, you guys are an hour ahead of of me, mm-hmm. and you get that notification on your phone that DeAndre Hopkins is not only traded to the Cardinals but for a second round pick in David Johnson. Are you? Is there a level of shock, dude? And no one saw that coming. Yeah, I thought that there would be more. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak. That maybe they didn't release all the information in mm-hmm. the when they uh, sent that when they sent the tweet or sent the, sent the text out. But I mean, yeah, you take that every day. You, you just run and you just, before he comes to his senses and you try to just go ahead, just because there's a conflict of personalities or those types of things, you take advantage of that right away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I had to get it verified three times before I even believed it because <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine O'Brien was that, you know, a second round pick and take that contract from, uh, you know, David Johnson, I, I was, I was floored. You could use the word stupid, by the way. Don't, don't pull any punches on that's yeah, being nice, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gee, I can't, I, I would go, you know, you, you look, you have to look around. You got to think you guys got lucky. How can no other team pull that off? Right. Crazy. Yeah. You just never know. You, if you knew the right, you, the right you, time. Exactly. Right. In the NFL, Ryan, how about you, man? Favorite move by the Rams this off season. Yeah, well, first, uh, Josh, I was curious how long we'd make it before you dropped a Texas alumni reference. So we made it like 10, ten minutes. I so. made it 10 minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, knew we had to get that in there soon. Oh, always, man. As far as the, as far as the Rams, you know, going into offseason uh, and kind of what they've done, I feel like they've gotten kind of ripped to shreds. But in reality, for what they had going for them and the, the cap space they had sitting at about $20 million, I thought they've actually done some decent things. The biggest, I'll, I'll say two. I'm going to cheat a little bit here. But the first one is, and I don't want to spin the coronavirus any positives coming from it because it's been a horrible thing, but the fact that Michael Brockers signs with the Ravens and then unable to really get a physical done by the Ravens because he can't travel there, that deal falls through, and then he re-signs with the Rams for less money. I thought that was a huge get, able to bring back a staple, that defensive line, who's so important to the run defense and you know pair him with Aaron Donald, able to kind of keep that and solidify that line. And, and the other one is getting out of the contract of uh, – um, uh, the receiver that I, for some reason I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, Brandon Cooks, thank you. Um, yeah, and, yeah. you know, they, they go right back to Bill O'Brien, who doesn't really know what he's doing <laughs> as a GM, and they get a second-round pick for him. So unbelievable that Bill O'Brien will trade a second-round pick or get a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, and then he'll give away a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks. Um, so it kind of shows the, the sneakiness of Les Snead and Sean McVay to get out of that contract. And uh, nothing against Brandon Cooks. He's a great guy, good team guy, but – you know, the concussion issue is theirs. So they're able to double down, get a 57th overall. So they have now five picks. I know they don't have a first-round pick, but mm-hmm. they have five picks in the first four rounds, which I think uh, they do have some decent draft capital. They can start building things back up. So those two moves, I think, were the biggest for me. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see that Les Snead and, and McVay kind of stick to their guns and, you know, kind of don't pull back and keep wheeling and dealing, wheeling and dealing. Trust, you know, they're down the river at this point, right? There's no going back. So you kind of got to s- stick with this ship in a sense. So it's cool to yeah, see they're going to do what they're going to do. They're just playing do. with Monopoly money. They're just playing with Monopoly money and seeing what happens. Yeah, exa- <laughs> ex- exactly. And if I was Bill O'Brien's kids, I would lock my doors, man. Or I'm, I could be out of there for a fourth-round pick tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ruthless. Um. That guy is trade anybody for anything. Crazy. He's savage. Yeah, Dirude. Di- we'll stick with you, man. You bring up the draft. The Rams do not have a first-round pick, but they do have a bevy of picks. We were texting about it offline last night. What do you think the Rams do in the second round with their two picks and maybe a little deeper? Well, yeah, sitting there at 52 and 57, they have a couple options. It'll depend if they want to go uh, and address positions of need or if they kind of just let the ball uh, – the 
you know, the board fall to them and take best player available. If they're going strictly off need, I think edge is definitely their biggest need right now. Mm-hmm. You know, losing Dante Fowler in free agency. They brought in Leonard Floyd from Chicago, who's a good, versatile outside backer, but he's not a, a true pass rusher. At least he hasn't been in the NFL thus far. Brandon Staley will try to get a little more out of him, but I think they need to get a true pass rusher. I love Ju- Julian Aquara out of Notre Dame. He has some injury history, you know, broke his foot training. Uh, for the combine but he's a freak athlete you know he's versatile as well he just looks the part when you look at him big strong guy um i know weaver out of boise states another guy a lot of people kind of mock to the rams i'm not as big on him i think he's has a higher floor than probably okora but i think his his ceiling isn't quite as high as what uh okora could bring you know josh Uche out of michigan is another guy if we're just kind of rattling off prospects here um, but I think, you know, offensive line is something that obviously that they want to at least add depth to. I think they're fairly comfortable with who they have. I know they had a lot of injuries last year, but if they can get the full potential another year under Aaron Cromer, I think they'll feel pretty good. But if one of those big tackles falls or even an inside guy falls, I could see them go there. And then obviously receiver now with getting rid of Brandon Cooks. I know they're still good about Cooper Cup, Robert Woods and uh, Reynolds there, but they do need to add a little bit more depth. And with how good this receiver class is, one of those big name guys is going to fall to 52 or 57. If like a Michael Pittman uh, were to fall, which I think would be, I think he won't, but a lot of people haven't fallen that far. I think that would be a huge get. Um, So they can go a number of different ways. Long roundabout answer. I think edge is the biggest need. You have inside backers need as well. Um, But yeah, I won't take any more of the time. Oh, good. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. MPJ (laughs) went off too, man. That guy, if he falls, that's a steal and a half, man. That guy can ball. He was great last year. Ed and Javon, you guys sit there sitting pretty at the eight spot. How are we feeling? What do you get? What direction you want to see them go? You want to see them move the pick? You know, we that that's been talked about too. Ed, we'll go to you, man. How are you feeling with the Cardinals, the eighth selection? I think if Steve, with all the good that Steve Kime has done during this offseason, in my opinion, we had a podcast earlier or late last uh, week uh, to discuss this. If he doesn't go offensive line to protect that asset of you know Kyler Murray. I think, in my opinion, everything that he's done so far this offseason, for me, goes right out the window. We don't need any more offensive weapons. You got your Kenyon Drake. You got your Hopkins to incorporate into this offense. We can figure out other things. You have to go out, in my opinion, get the best available offensive linemen. Over the last bunch of years, all they've done is draft offensive linemen in the third and fourth and fifth round, and you see what we've got. We've got a tattered offensive line that no bullies on there, no dogs on there. You got to make sure that this pick is spent wisely. It's not a sexy pick, but like I said, you got to go out and secure either that left side or right side of that offensive line on the outside. All the other stuff be doggone. So, I mean, Javon, we differed on that last week. I'm interested to see where he goes with this one right now. No, I'm glad you guys are different. That's exciting stuff. And you never, it seems like the obvious thing they have to go offensive line. You never know with Kingsbury. And poor offensive linemen, they're always described as non-sexy picks. Maybe one day we'll get a beautiful-looking <laughs> offensive lineman that just comes out of this one. Javon, man. <laughs> Javon, what are you thinking yeah. for the Cardinals at number eight? Yeah, we, we disagree on this one. I'm not, I just don't trust Kime to, to select an offensive lineman, man. I don't care if it was, if it, if it was uh, you know, insert, insert uh, classic, you know, Hall of Fame, uh, offensive lineman. Walter he, Jones. Yeah, the Seahawks guys. We were ready for that one, dude. He's ready to roll that <laughs> one. Or Orlando Pace. I, w- I wouldn't trust him. But I would I would be more inclined to go, especially maybe at this pick, maybe to go something defensive line. Okay. Um, when you look at, because I, I, where I have the needs are 
kind of offensive offensive line. I have it at the top, so don't get me wrong. But defensive line, quarterback, wide receiver, and then maybe look at the uh, look at the edge a little bit. But maybe go defensive line. I just I really just don't trust. Uh, I just don't trust uh, Kime to to pick an offensive line. And I don't know. He just has bad luck with it. Maybe he can find somebody in the later rounds or something with that first round pick. I'm just not. I'm just not positive. And do you guys want them to keep the pick at eight, or you want them to move it and maybe get more assets and drop back a little bit? I was. I'm more inclined to keep it. Personally. Okay. What you have. Hey, I'm more inclined to keep it and try to be smart about it. Yeah. Well, it seems like everyone and their mother's trying to trade down um, in this crazy draft. We'll go to you, Scott. Niners got two picks in the first round, um, 13 and 31. They traded to Forrest Buckner to the Colts for that 13th pick. What do you see the Niners doing here? Well, first of all, I think that there's going to be a 95% chance that they actually trade out of the 31st spot here. I don't want to say it's a bold call, but they pretty much need to do it. If you look at all of their picks in the draft, they have zero combined draft picks in the second, third, and fourth round. They pretty much have to trade the 31st pick. The 13th pick, I think they could trade also. But since the receiving class is so deep, I actually think that they might go after Kinlaw with the 13th pick to replace Buckner. I think that's a perfect fit if he ends up falling there. And at 31, I know that John Lynch is not afraid to trade down. We've seen it before. Even though it was one spot, he did trade down with the Bears because they trade up to take Trubisky. That's an all-timer right there in terms of trades. But either or, John Lynch has proven he is willing to trade back. And with no picks at all in the middle rounds, I think they pretty much have to. They have been linked to some uh, some people being on the block today. Uh, D Ford's on the block. Apparently, Quan Alexander, Jaquiski Tart, and Marquise Goodwin are also on the board. I think Goodwin's gone. I think there's pretty much no point in them keeping him. He barely played last season. They could probably get a late-round pick for him just based on his speed alone. For me, everyone thinks the 49ers are taking a wide receiver at the 13th spot, which definitely makes sense. But this class is so deep in terms of wide receiver. I think they could potentially go for a Pittman in the second round if they end up getting a second-round pick for that 31st spot. So for me, I think they're going to go Kinwall with the 13th and trade back with the 31st. Nice. Love that right there. It's such a deep class. I mean, you could get guys in the third round, right? Even you know that'll drop out of the second round, and people are yeah. Keen I mentioned Pittman just as an example because he's from California, so that just yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's fair. With. USC guy get Lofa excited. Lofa, what do you think the Seahawks are doing at the back of that draft? You think they're going defensive line, kind of buff that up? Anybody you like specifically? Um, everything I've heard, uh, they've been or you know mock drafts have you know linked us to uh, FNS at Iowa now. Um, I haven't seen a ton of film on him, but, you know, if that's who they're excited about, I think he should be there towards the end of that round, uh, much like uh, Collier was there. Mm-hmm. And then the growth of Collier will be big, just as years prior, we, we, we got Quinn Jefferson in the fifth round, and, you know, he tore his ACL, came back, fought his way back to the roster, and then just he just got a good little payday going to Buffalo uh, this past offseason. So, um, again, going for that depth. I can see them taking a DM there, or I'm going to go out of the box because there also have been, you know, rumors that we were interested in Yannick and, and Gakwe, and me and Brett were talking about this on uh, the Seahawks podcast. He's a proven commodity, man. He, he puts up numbers and he gets sacks, and um, if that's, you know, if we're not able to get Clowney, I could see a trade, you know, which has not really been our style in years past, but when we're really right there knocking on the door of, late deep playoffs and then Super Bowl, that pass rush is the most important part. And just, you know, big plays coming down the field, especially with how we beefed up the secondary. And then Bobby and KJ just have a field day. So 
Um, if they don't, they don't take a DM there. They're trading back, and you know, I'd see a running back, and you know, maybe even um, something free agency if they can get something done with Clowney. Would you rather see them trade that 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 back end pick for a Yannick Ngakwe and skip out on Clowney and possibly pay Ngakwe, even though you gave up a third rounder for Clowney, something cheaper for Clowney? I would rather sign Clowney because I okay. mean he he fits in the system. They love him in the locker room. It's you know you're not you're messing with the um, you're not messing with the chemistry of the team, and um, and it's not a guy coming to a new city. The the exciting part about Yannick coming though would be that okay, it's a one year prove it so we can go get paid deal, right? Mm-hmm. So you're gonna get a lot of production from a guy that that just isn't happy over in Jacksonville for for whatever reason. So uh, I don't think you can go wrong either way, and. Um, Yannick's going to come at a much, you know, less pri- lesser price than, than Clowney, obviously. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I've been to Jacksonville. I can name a few. Uh, Brett, we'll go to you. <laughs> we'll go to you, man. Um, what do you think the Seahawks do over there? The back. Well, end? I mean, if history teaches us anything, I don't know if they're going to pick anyone with that first round pick. Pete and John love to trade out of the first round. Um, so I could easily see them doing that again. A lot of mock drafts have them taking the D end which would be fine with me. Like Lofa said, add some depth there. I think that'd be great. Um, I've seen some mock drafts having them taking an O lineman. I don't know if those are not updated or not because we have like 38 offensive linemen right now. Um, the Seahawks have a secret plan next year to the you know, 12th man literally may come on the field, and, right? <laughs> and Russell, yeah, they figured out some sort of something with the rules committee or something. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they have so many offensive linemen. So if they take an offensive lineman, I mean, that would be a shocker. Uh, I think if they trade back, trade down, get some more picks, they've proven in the past that they can find really great value in late rounds. I mean, Russell Wilson was a third-round draft pick. Richard Sherman was a, what, fifth-round draft pick. Yeah. So, um, Ditto with you know, I, I trust them to do what they're going to do. But I don't – if you force me to, to – you know, give a real prediction. I don't think they pick anybody with the first one. I think they trade it. Okay. And do you, do you, do you really trust them in the first round? Because they do get great value in the later rounds, but Collier, he was up and down last year. You really don't know what you have with him. Rashad Penny at the 27 the year before they haven't been too spot. Fetty before that, a couple years before that, they haven't been too spot on in the first round. Um, yeah. Lately, lately it hasn't, uh, really panned out. I mean, even LJ Collier, uh, he has the whole off season this year. He'll be more acclimated, whatever, but didn't see too much from him last year. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe that's cause they're picking so late in the first round, I guess. Silver lining. That's maybe. a great way to look at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Scott, we'll go to you, man, for, uh, for a quick question. What's one move you wish the Niners made this off season? They're very close to winning the Super Bowl. You really don't get much closer than that. What's one move you wish they made in the offseason that they didn't, something they sat on? Well, overall, I do think they did a pretty good job as a whole during the offseason. For me, I kind of wanted to see a little bit more depth on the offensive line. I know that McGlinchey and Staley both got injured last year. They're both pretty good at the tackle spot. I wouldn't be surprised to see them address that potentially later on mm-hmm. in the draft. But both McGlinchey and, and Staley, first of all, Staley's getting older. At some point, he's going to lose a step or two. You're going to have to try to get a little bit younger at the tackle spot. But both of them were injured at some point last year. And I know that Kyle Shannon loves to run the ball. It doesn't really matter which running back they use, whether it's Coleman, Mostert, or Breida. They're all very – they all pretty much are successful in that system. But at the end of the day, offensive linemen tend to be one of the most underrated. Somehow they're still extremely underrated when it comes to actually building the foundation of a team. 
And I think that you can never have enough offensive line depth. So for me, I would have kind of liked to see them go after a little bit more of a high-profile offensive lineman uh, within salary restrictions, of course. But for me, I think Sanders had to go just based on on what he wanted on the open market. I think they got a great value for Buckner with the 13th pick, um, especially after considering all the trades that Bill O'Brien did. I think every other trade looks pretty solid. So well, getting a 13th pick, all around. yeah, getting the 13th overall pick for a defensive lineman due for a massive payday is definitely a good contract, uh, definitely a good trade. But for me. I just think with the injuries, with the offensive line, I think you could have definitely tried to shore up some depth there. So that's probably where I would have gone. Overall, though, I'm pretty pleased with how, what they've done during the offseason. Yeah, pretty solid offseason. You kind of got to let Emmanuel Sanders walk and test your luck in the draft uh, if you can possibly. Um, Brett, we'll go back to you. Outside of outside of not signing Jadavian Clowney, what's one move you wish the Seahawks made this offseason? Uh, I wish they would go back to the old silver helmet uniforms. Oh, style. <laughs> We're here for looks now. Okay. Nice. Uniform problems. Uh I don't know. Um I you know I it sounds like I'm just we just keep repeating ourselves, but I just I think that we're set up really nicely. And I think they're in a position right now where they can just be adding depth and really just sort of um, you know, stocking up ammo for a deep run into the playoffs uh, as far as like having people to be able to fill in in case the injury buck uh pops back up again because last year the end of last year you know i mean they they didn't even have a running back i mean travis homer was what a seventh round pick and a rookie last year and he's stepping in for uh chris carson because they were just literally out of running backs i mean they pulled marshawn lynch off the couch you know yeah um, that counts for something i guess (laughs) <laughs> so it, as much depth as they can add, uh, I'm all for it. All right. So you, you think you, you have the team right now to compete. So Lofa, I'll go to you. What has to happen then? What do you, yeah, what, no, what, I, put it together for me. Like you guys have it, it seems. Then what has to happen to get over that hump I, to win the division and take this thing? I agree. And I, if our running back stayed healthy last year, so I guess I'll say that, you know, maybe if, if we add a little more depth um, in terms of, you know, Homer, he was really brought in to be a special teams and a backup, maybe a third down guy. Um, I don't know if uh, he has the durability to, to be an every down back um, or probably would have gotten drafted a little higher than, than what he did. Um, he filled in admirably, but I guess that was, if there was anything, but I, I'm trying to think who was really out there um, that, you know, we missed on in free agency for, from a back standpoint. I, I don't really see anybody that I was upset about missing. Um, we found Chris Carson in the seventh. So like, for all the misses that everyone wants to talk trash about in the first round, we find plenty of depth and quality, you know, in the later rounds and, and then value there. So, um, you know, I, I got total faith in what we've done or what we even haven't done um, to, you know, because we don't have needs. And that's, that's the best part about going into this draft is we're going in, we're going for, you know, best available and guys that we want because we don't have a glaring need. Other than that, that, that one pass rush and maybe a future alignment. Um, I don't see anybody that we would have to trade up for and, and go get because, and that's kind of a cool thing is that they haven't, they haven't banked on somebody coming in. And, you know, when Russell Wilson was drafted in the third round, they weren't banking on him to be the cornerstone and a future hall of fame. They, they took him in the third round. And it's that Pete you know, Carroll luck. Call it luck. We're going to call it skill. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, him and John, you know, they just make magic happen. Cam in the fifth, uh, golden Tate in the second. It, I mean, the list goes on. Uh, he gets I'll, it. Man. I'll say. I'll say though to answer your question a little more specifically, the thing, the thing, the hump that they need to get over is 
playing in the first quarter like they play in the fourth quarter. That's that's what they need to do. They need to start getting up on some teams rather than, you know, letting everybody stick around by three, four points all game long and then, you know, hoping that Russell Wilson can either put the game on ice or lead that fourth mm-hmm. quarter, uh, you know, comeback win or something. That That's that's what, that's what the hump they need to get over. I'll be real about it. Can't just well, we have up a everybody. Well, we have a decade of dominance. You know, there's a little bit of a target on your back. I just, you know, I'm going to throw that, that out there. That's fair enough. All right. Uh, speaking of some dominance, I'll go back to you, Dairu. The Rams aren't too far removed from dominance, and they could get back there, right? What's one move, though, you wish they had made this offseason? Uh, for me, I, I, I'll just keep it in-house. Obviously, I talked about their cap situation, so there really wasn't a lot they could do in yeah. addressing, you know, other free agents. But Corey Littleton is a guy that I've been a stand for since he was undrafted out of Washington. I love his play. He's been the admiral of the defense. Uh, I think he was, in my opinion, one of the top linebackers in the entire NFL last year. Bobby Wagner for Seattle's probably my favorite linebacker overall. And then uh, Corey Littleton's kind of close second behind there. So I really wanted to see them bring him back. And especially for what the Raiders paid him, I thought they could have actually afforded the contract that he got. So I was bummed by that. Um, and the other move, I'm going to give some kickers some love. Greg the Legs, Erline, goes signs with Dallas. Zerline's been great for the Rams. You know, he's one of the top <laughs> – point scores in the Rams history uh he's super accurate his, his accuracy beyond 50 yards is second to none in the NFL Crazy. obviously it's 57 yarder in the NFC championship got him to the Super Bowl so so now that's a big question mark and we've seen teams that have kicker struggles lose big time games and Greg Lake unfortunately did lose one against Seattle last year missing a last second kick but uh yeah you know it, now that just is a big question mark they brought in a kicker from the CFL I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name um, but we'll see what he can do. But yeah, if I if it was me bringing back uh, uh, Corey Littleton and, and somehow retaining uh, Greg Zerline, I think uh, were two big moves they missed out on. Crazy, you cover the Chargers and the Rams, two opposite sides of the coins on kickers these past couple of years, man. Yeah, now probably the same. Now, well, probably- the, now the money badgers in in uh, the Chargers, maybe they'll be okay. So. Yeah, uh, I gotta ask you quickly though, Goff. He, nothing's changed with him. He's actually taking a pay cut. It seems behind closed doors. Do you have faith for Goff going? Because we've discussed all the other quarterbacks. You know, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo, we know what we're getting with him. Um, but it's really that defense that speaks for itself. We brought up Kyler. We brought up Russell Wilson. Goff, though, has kind of gone under the radar so far in this round table. How are you feeling about Goff going into this year? Will he kind of buoy out? Will he go back to where he was excellent? Or do we see the true Jared Goff last year? Yeah, you know, I think Jared Goff will be fine. I think he gets a lot of hate. It is, you know, obviously when you make that much money or sign the contract you did and you play the most important position in the game, uh, you're going to have stuff coming to you. But I think they went away from what they were good at two years ago. Obviously, some of that stems from the the lack of rushing game they had and Todd Gurley's knee and, and the injuries they had on the offensive line. But a lot of that you can put on Sean McVay. You know, he abandoned the run early in games. He asked off to throw the ball 50 times a game. Uh, they changed their, their scheme setups a lot. So if they're able to get back to what they do well, um, I think he'll be just fine. You know, a lot of quarterbacks hate the phrase system quarterback but outside of Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers and some of these other guys that can go off script a lot you're going to be based on what your system is and Goff does that with Sean McVay and so if they get back to doing what they do well I think he'll be just fine you know, he's got a good arm he's very accurate his teammates like him um, he's more of a quiet guy but uh, you know I think he can do fine uh, when he's given the right tools and assets and I think they're trying to do that now we'll just see if it does work but I think he'll be okay love that you bring up the term system quarterback because it's always viewed as a negative but if you're a system quarterback kind of means the system's working a little bit you know yeah. what I'm saying to be labeled that so 
There's a guy that used to play in New England, number twelve, who uh, could attest to that. <laughs> we'll go to uh, we'll go to the Cardinals. Javon, good to have you back. Thought you left for a second. Glad to see you're still here. What's one move? We'll go, we'll go with you, Ed. What's one move you wish the Cardinals made this offseason that they didn't? I'm gonna go off the grid here, man. I don't think there's a move. I think it's more of a circumstance. I think okay. they've done everything great to this point in the offseason. You know, getting ready for the draft. Uh, and not to make light of it because it's more about us as a people, but it's, it's how it's expect, affecting the sporting world. The coronavirus, man, is taking all these OTAs and opportunities for this team coming together. You know, you got a quarterback and Ray going to his second year. There's going to be no off-season workouts. There's going to be no powwowing with the new head coach, with, you know, uh, Coach Kingsbury, um, guys getting the t- opportunity to go out on the field and, you know, work together. Uh, and Lofa, you know how valuable that is. We we uh, always grunted about those off-season workouts. But, man, when you got to the season, you thank God for all the work you put in in March, April, May, June, July, leading up to August and camp and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, for me, this virus is going to affect a team like the Cardinals even more so because, one, it's a young quarterback, second-year coach, new wide receiver, new people coming in. And nobody's going to get a chance to work together or do anything together. And we don't even know when it's going to open up. So for me, that's the biggest X factor in terms of, you know, no growth during the offseason. And we'll be just kind of playing it by ear as we move into everything. So we'll see how it goes. Like I said, it's more what we're dealing with is more important than football on the field. But for me, that's like the biggest impact as far as what's going to be happening here in Arizona with the Cardinals. Yeah, great for bringing up the OTAs. I mean, people took those for granted, at least like fans and reporters and people covering the game took those for granted, but you've seen it with guys that have held out, right? It makes Mm – that makes a difference. Chris Johnson was never the same running back after he held out. It is just a fact. The OTAs are huge, and having a second-year head coach and a second-year quarterback not having those OTAs altogether, that's a big, big X factor. Uh, Javon, we'll go to you, man. Something you wish the Cardinals did this offseason that they didn't. What is Javon? Well, my my partner, that's a very good point, my smart partner there. But um, I think even though, as I mentioned earlier, I have the – can you hear me? Got you, man. Got you, man. Okay. Yeah, after this, I'm going to have to drop off, gentlemen. But, yeah, I think that even though the defensive line is something that I have so high on needs, I'm I'm kind of disappointed that it's still so high on needs because we signed a couple of different – defensive linemen and free agency. And I think if if you sign multiple people at that position, you would hope that that would become, if not the the strongest, at least a position of strength. And I think that's still an opportunity there. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you hate to see money spent and still need to have a need there. Welcome to the world of the New York Jets yeah. and the offensive line. Uh, <laughs> Javon. You got to drop off, gentlemen. I apologize. All good, man. Thank you for okay, hopping man. on and joining yeah, us. Uh, we'll close off then in that case, guys, because time's flying. We've done a really great job. From each of you, I want a hot take. Uh, I want a hot take for the draft, and I want a hot take for your team and or the division for next season. Scott, I'll go to you. Hot take for the Niners for the draft. Hot take for the Niners next season. Tough there because they were very close to the Super Bowl, and you've given us some takes already. But find one if you can for the Niners. Could be positive or negative. Well, I was going to say, I feel like I already gave out two. I said they're going to trade. I know, man. You already beat me to the question every time. They're not going to take a wide receiver until the second round. So I – all right. 
Well, first of all, for a hot take, I'm as I, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without sounding like a homer. I think they're actually going to make it back to the Super Bowl. As crazy as that might sound, I know. I know. It's, it's I know. I know that I knew you were going to react that way. But at the end of the day, I think we all pretty much acknowledge that the 49ers didn't really need to do much uh, going into the offseason. They did everything they possibly could. They had a pretty good offseason in general. And then we can agree that I think from top to bottom, you're probably going to disagree with me. I still think they're the best team in the division. I know that they were one yard away from, you know, being a wild card, and I'm aware that that's the situation. But at the end of the day, you know, barring a massive collapse in the fourth quarter, they probably looked in the Lombardi. I mean, that's just the way the situation is. Now, I know that year in, year out, things change based on injuries and based on one-yard slam passes to tight ends on, uh, you know, in Week 17. But, you know, either or, I still think that this team is the class of the NFC. I just think they're that talented from top to bottom. Now, there are some questions about Garoppolo and whether or not he's going to be the guy to lead them there. And I do agree that is a potential concern. But at the end of the day, I still think that the framework is in place for this team to experience consistent success based on the how good the defense is from the line all the way up to the secondary with the ground game, with the offensive line, and even the coaching staff. Shannon might be responsible for two of the biggest choke jobs in the Super Bowl, but he's really good in the regular season, and I do think they're going to end up having a bye in the first round once again. So my bold huge. call for the 49ers, I got backed into taking one because I already gave out my two in the middle of the show. So you know what? You'll have to give one in that case. Yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers to make it back to the Super Bowl, but mine would have been them not taking a wide receiver with the 13th pick, but I already gave that out. So I didn't mean yeah. to put baby in the corner at the beginning of the show. That's my apologies happens, over man. there. It I, happened. I was in a group dancing situation. I was stuck in the corner, and I had to make the best of it. After you're quarantine, I'll lift you in the losing, air. You're not concerned about losing Butler? Uh, I think that that definitely hurts, but I told you I think they're going to take Kinlaw to replace him. So I think that they're going to do the best they can to try to, uh, I'd say, limit the damage of that loss. I do think that losing him is a big deal. But at the end of the day, I think you can agree from a long-term perspective, they were better off getting rid of him for a first-round pick than trading a defensive tackle a ton of money. When you're going to have a bunch of other guys like Bosa, for example, who's going to be doing massive paydays in the future. So I think in order to maintain as much stability as possible, they realized they couldn't really prioritize defensive tackle as a position that needed to get paid a boatload of money. So I do, I think it's going to hurt, of course. But at the end of the day, I think they realized that they'd rather make one sacrifice than potentially sacrificing future positions a couple years down the road. Yeah, good point. That kid Bosa about to make some money real, real soon. Uh, Brett, we'll go to you, man. You started off with some hot takes. Let's close with some hot take for the draft, hot take for the Seahawks. Yeah, uh, my hot take for the draft is that the Seahawks will take a player in the first round. <laughs> Nice. No, I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, my hot take for the draft. Um, I think that I, you know, I could see them figuring out a way to get a player like JK Dobbins and turn him into, you know, the next Alvin Kamara or something like that. And, and just, uh, they have a way of just getting talent and then knowing how to utilize them so well. And so, you know, there's a hot take for the draft. Who knows if that's going to happen or not. My hot take for the season is that my partner on the podcast, Lofa Tatupu, will fully realize the healing properties of CBD and much like Beast Mode last year, make a return to the field this season. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> are you saying that because he wore a tank top and those the, the, the cannons are out? I didn't realize <laughs> we were at, at a... Look at my man over there. I didn't realize this was a gun show. Yeah. 
didn't realize the gun show was out. My yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. To, total accident was, right there. I was doing it for SC, baby. Did you just bring him out of retirement? Listen, I'm telling him that I'm his new agent, and I'm just trying to do everything I can, okay? Are you getting 2% or 5%? <laughs> we haven't talked about it that far yet. We'll get Cam Rogers to make a huge just marketing campaign. Uh, no, I, I truthfully, though, I think, I mean, look, I think the Seahawks, I think that this team coming into this uh, coming season reminds me a lot of the team that was in, you know, 2012 um, in the in the run up towards them winning the Super Bowl against the Broncos. They feel like a young like Oklahoma City Thunder team or something like that. That was when they were just on the precipice before they started going to the finals all those times. I think they got a y- lot of young guys. DK Metcalf in his second season. I mean, he was a beast last year at receiver. Yeah, uh, He's going to be one more year mature. Um, if they can get these running backs back off of the injury. I, I mean, look, I think they, they'll be in the NFC Championship, if not back in the Super Bowl. That's, you know. Ed, we'll go to you, man. Give me a hot well, take for the Cardinals. My hot take is Steve Kime is going to do the exact opposite of what I recommended early. <laughs> He'll go out and find that shiny new toy, whatever it is, rather than, you know, get that dump truck to secure that line. And I don't think we have a second round pick. So once again, in the third or fourth round, we'll be scrambling to get the scraps left over as far as the offensive line. So I'm hoping that's not the case, but you know, they, we, we do everything we can to, uh, avoid success out here so mm-hmm. uh, as far as you know my hot take for the division you know we're even with small improvements uh, and I, I think I mentioned there obviously I mentioned earlier we're not going to take huge strides because of everything going on with this virus we're still probably going to be the fourth team in this division uh, we'll still be competitive because there were so many games we went into you know second halves or at halftime with leads and we found ways to give those games away things will be a repeat performance this coming year of we just don't know how to close things out so albeit we'll be in the best division in uh, football but we'll probably be fourth again somewhere right around that five or six win total ed smith the realist over there love it uh <laughs> <laughs> man give me a hot take for the draft hot take for the rams this year all right well i'll, I'll tie them both together how about that so the rams right now outside of jared goff the only other quarterback on the roster is a guy named John Walford, who's their backup right now. Nothing against John. Great guy. Had some good preseason showings as a as a third uh, on the depth chart. But I don't know if you want to go into the year with him as your backup. So I think the Rams are going to surprise some people and probably take a quarterback earlier than expected. Maybe in the fourth. Maybe a Jacob Ferran if he falls. Jacob Eason if he falls. And in doing so, I think that's going to push Jared Goff to rebound from last year. Just got paid a lot of money, has a lot to prove, a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to finish as a top five quarterback in the 2020 season. So they take a quarterback early, not necessarily saying he's the future, but it pushes Goff to the precipice. We've been using that word, I feel like, a lot throughout this show, the precipice, and Goff finishes as a top five quarterback rebounding in 2020 nice okay so with the 17 a uh, mic drop okay i won't go back to you uh <laughs> the, <laughs> the uh 17 playoffs did the rams get back in then in that case if he's a top five quarterback yeah it'll be tough just because of how this division is i feel like we see a lot especially statistically not always the top quarterbacks are on winning teams or even playoff teams uh matthew stafford is kind of like a statistical anomaly but the lions are just awful every single year um, I think they'll be in that nine and seven, ten and six kind of conversation. 
Um, I just don't know if they'll have enough to quite get back, but I think they'll be right there. And if so things go their way and if they get the kicker situation figured out, they might be able to sneak into that wild card. Nice. Lofa, we'll go to you. We already heard from your new agent, Brett Davern, <laughs> LLC over here. <laughs> what do you got for us? Hot take for the Seahawks. Hot take for the draft. I don't have one. I coached there for two years and we traded back and I didn't even know who we were taking. So, I mean, nice. even when I was on the inside, I was on the outside. <laughs> so I'm going to say hot take. Now hear me out on That's this one. It's not even the hot Super Bowl. That's happening. The hot take is the Niners not making the playoffs. Ooh. All right. You said you set up questions at quarterback. Is Jimmy G the man? They lost Buckner. Um, you know, and now they're going to have that thing that we call a target on our back, on their backs. And yeah. I've been there before, went to the Super Bowl, lost it. It was tough to rebound. We did make the playoffs, by the way, just throwing that out there. Uh, but as we saw the Rams, right? You know, yeah. And, and what Falcons. To them. Yeah. Tough. I mean, yeah. So that's my hot take is, you know, we win. We win it all, obviously. But that's not that's not a hot take. It's the Niners do not make the playoffs. Dang. Coming at you, Scotty. Very odd. It's going to be fun to see. He's entitled to his opinion. Yeah. <laughs> nice, guys. Gentlemen, amazing stuff. Had a great time with you guys. Good work all around on everyone's part. Um, real quick, Dirude, where can we find you, man? Yeah, I uh, run LAFBnetwork.com for all your Los Angeles football needs. You can listen to the podcast Believe in LA Football, so Rams, Chargers, USC Trojans, Lofa, and UCLA Bruins. We cover all that. While I'm on, while I'm talking still, Lofa, give me another hot take. Is SC winning the, the Pac-12 next year? Are they back or what? If we have a season, absolutely. A homer uh, pick. <laughs> love it. Love it. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. Ed, how about you? Where can we find you, boss? Uh, on the Believe in Arizona Cardinals podcast, also with my brother Jay. We also do the Easy Sports Talk on KDUS 1060 AM out here in Arizona every Saturday, 10 to 12. Nice. Lofa? Yo, I don't even know. I know that's embarrassing. So I'm going to let my boy Brett like. Nice. Right Amazing. Now. Good stuff. Just Google him. <laughs> uh, Brett, where can we find you, boys? <laughs> Hey, well, we just uh, completed making all of our social media accounts for the podcast. So Beautiful. on Twitter, it's at Seahawks Pod. And on Instagram, it's Seahawks uh, dot podcast, I think. But if you start typing in Seahawks podcast in the search bar, it'll autofill it in. Uh, Lofa is actually on Instagram at Lofa <laughs> underscore Tatupu 51. Or is that right? Or is it Lofa Tatupu underscore 51? I'm not sure. He has like no followers, honestly. We need to get my man some followers. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's upsetting funny. how low his follower count is. That's your job. So you You're the agent, go, man. You got to get that him. going, man. You have 5% at stake over here. Man, he's not even verified. We got to get my man verified. So go follow him. Find him out there. Um, I'm on social media at BDAV, B-D-A-V-V, because uh, I'm an idiot. And that's what I made it when it all started. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Scott, last but not least, baby, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Believe in Betting Bay Area. I do a podcast here every Thursday. However, special edition coming up this week. I'm not actually doing it Thursday. I'm doing tomorrow, and I'm going to be having Dave Mason from Bet Online on air as we're going to go through some betting props for the draft, talk about what the books are rooting for, any line movements, etc. I plan on asking him to add a prop on my behalf on the 49ers trading the 31st pick. We'll see how that goes. And to offer an olive branch, you know, of peace to the Seattle panel, if you want a prop that you want them to add also, let me know. And I'd also be honored 
to be Lopa's first Instagram follower, assuming if Brett actually knows what the Instagram handle is. <laughs> not really sure. As an agent, you should probably know that. Either or, we'll see. And it seems like, based on the panel, either the 49ers or the Seahawks will win the Super Bowl, based on two of us out of here, be in the Super Bowl. So keep that in mind. But as an olive branch of peace, I will follow you on Instagram if I actually know where, what account I'm looking for. It's, it's Lopa underscore Tatupo. I just looked it up. Nice. Yeah. And that is... That is... Oh, no, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I'm getting all messed up. It's at Lofa underscore Tatupu on Twitter. And, no, oh my gosh. No, okay. no, no. So, uh, Lofa, if you need a new agent, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me Epic at fail. Awesome, guys. Great stuff. Brett, I'm sorry. Whatever, follow me. I'll, I'll put Lofa in there. Yeah, okay. he'll hook it up. Amazing. That's Scott Rachel, Brett Davern, Lofa Tatupu, Ed Smith. You heard his man, Javon Adams, my brother from another mother, Ryan Dirud. I'm Joshua Fisher of the Believe Podcast Network. You could follow me at your own risk. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. Really great stuff. We'll see you guys later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.